You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Good morning. So today we are just spending a few minutes at the start of our sermon, uh, my message, looking back. Because today we reach the last chapter of Joshua. We're completing our series, Journeying with Joshua, Living a Life of Faith. We started with getting from here to there, where we explored how God wants us to partner with him on our spiritual journey. And that in this partnership, there's a challenge we need to accept. There are promises we need to believe and claim, and there are commands we need to respect and obey. Next, we looked at Joshua overcoming obstacles. And Joshua was faced with his first obstacle in obeying God, the very first step of their journey when he faced the walls of Jericho, which were put bluntly in his way. Joshua started to learn that to overcome this obstacle and the other obstacles he was going to face, he needed to rely wholly on God. And in doing so, he discovered three important truths. God wanted his submission God wanted his obedience and God wanted his participation. Next, we needed to look at how Joshua needed to overcome the failures of Israel. And we all know at times in life we get it wrong. And we looked at how Joshua dealt with this. And we looked at how he needed to confess and repent, knowing that Jesus forgives us in his grace. In week four, we explored how Joshua needed to be on his guard after he was deceived. Joshua had to learn to overcome fear and doubt through faith and learn the critical need to consult with God in all major things. In, In our penultimate week, we looked at how Joshua was putting all of these lessons from God together when he worked with God who gave him victory over all the southern kingdoms in one go. We explored that Joshua didn't rest on his laurels. Joshua didn't hold anything back and Joshua didn't fight alone. In the book of Joshua, we see a leader of Israel learn to work with God and submit to his plans And then watch God give him the land he had promised to Israel. We learned that we also need to submit to God's plan and act on the promises of God and move forwards in faith. The lessons Joshua learned are equally relevant to us as well. And if you've missed any of these previous messages, they are all available to listen to on our website. So today we've arrived at the last chapter, chapter, jo- chapter 24 in Joshua. And there are two things I want to look at today. What God does for Joshua and what is Joshua's response to God. In the last chapter of Joshua 24, we read that God wants to remind Israel of all he, that is God, has done for them to bring them into and take ownership of the promised land. In the first 13 verses, God reminds them of this in no uncertain terms. I took your ancestor Abraham. I gave him many descendants. 
I gave the mountains of Seir. I sent Moses and Aaron. I brought terrible plagues. I brought you out. I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down, says the Lord. I brought you into the land. I destroyed them. I gave you victory. I made Balaam bless you. And he continues, I sent terror. I gave you the land you had not worked on. I gave you the towns you did not build. And finally, God says, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. God does not want Israel to be in any doubt. They've only made it because of what God had done for them. When I reflected on this in my life, on some of the major moments in my life, I concluded I am only married to Tammy because God made it happen. The reason I have a daughter is God worked through surgeons when she was a few days old and spared her life. I only live where I do today because of God's leading and intervention. When I was reflecting, I could almost hear God saying to me, I, I, I. Look what I have done for you. Like Joshua and like Israel, God wants to bring us into the promised land. Now you could say the ultimate promised land is eternal life, a life lived in heaven with God for those who choose to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. But the promised land starts the day you give your life to God. But what does this promised land look like? The promised land looks like a life lived in giving and receiving love. A life full of joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness. It is a life of faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It is a life lived in the knowledge that your sins are forgiven and you can live a life lived free of shame and guilt. It is a life of absolute assurance in your identity and that you are holy and totally loved by God, and that nothing can ever take his love away from you. All of this is available today, in the here and now, and is ours regardless of the situations in which we find ourselves. But like Joshua, we cannot achieve this life in the promised land on our own. It is a life lived walking in step with the Holy Spirit, and by abiding in Jesus. It is less of a destination and more of a life journeying in and through the promised land in the here and now. It might seem impossible, but this is the promised land that God wants us to live in today through Jesus. And he wants us to invite others with us into this promised land to let people know the kingdom of God is near. So God makes it abundantly clear to Joshua that it is him, that it is God that has delivered the land into his hands. I wonder how much do we owe God? So what is Joshua's response to all of God's eyes? Let's read together the Bible in Joshua 24 verses 14 to 15. And I'm reading from the NIV. This is Joshua's response. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness 
And he's speaking this to the whole gathered group of Israelites. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped before, beyond the river Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So what is Joshua's response? Well, firstly, he tells Israel what they should do. Fear the Lord. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your other gods, your idols, and serve the Lord only. Now, you might think that is easy, but we are constantly tempted not to. Jesus was once tempted when the devil showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and said he would give Jesus authority over them all. But Jesus responded, Uh, In Luke 4.8, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy 6.13, fear the Lord your God and serve him only. The words Joshua and Jesus used are true for us today. Fear God and serve only him. Do we fear God today? And are we only serving him? The next challenge, the next things Joshua challenged Israel with was the immediacy of the challenge. In verse 15 we read, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. We live in a world where we expect everything to be immediately provided to us. However, I think we are possibly the biggest generation of procrastinators. When we have to give something back, when we have to make a decision, perhaps when we have to serve God. And I'm so guilty of this. How many times do I hear myself say, every day, in a minute, I'll do it later. But Joshua wanted to leave people in no doubt of the immediacy of the question. They needed to make a decision and they needed to make it that day. Billy Graham is famous for being an evangelist and I've listened to a lot of his recorded messages, often spoken at crusade events. And he would often challenge people to think about the longevity of their lives. In doing so, he would challenge people to think about the fragility of life And their need to make a decision now. To choose today before it is too late. He would warn people that they may not have another chance. And to choose whom they would serve and who they would follow. And to make that decision there and then. Jesus is asking Israel the same question. Jesus is asking Israel to make a choice and make it today. It was a simple question. Who will you serve, God or other gods? I find it interesting that in the Old Testament where so often we think it's about rules and regulations and little choice, that Joshua was making it clear. You choose. He wanted them to make the decisions for themselves, not just be told what to do. 
And that's an important distinction which is also true for us today. But Joshua wants to make it clear where he stood. He wants to make it clear that regardless of their decision about what they would do, he wanted to tell them what he was going to do. And we read this again in verse 15. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. After all he has seen God do, how God had protected him, led him, saved him, forgiven him, walked with him and talked with him. Joshua had his own decision to make and he had made his choice. And Joshua wanted to acknowledge this and brought him into a re-covenant with God. He wanted everyone to be clear that for him and his family, that he was going to follow and serve the Lord and the Lord only. So this leads me to a natural conclusion as we finish the book of Joshua. Where are we on our journey? Are we going to re-covenant and serve him only? God wants to encourage us to accept his challenge, to believe in and claim his promises and to respect and obey his commands. He wants us, he wants to help us overcome the obstacles we are facing, to submit to him, to obey him and participate in his plan. If you are feeling guilty and ashamed for failures, he's asking you to confess and repent, knowing that Jesus forgives you in his grace. God wants to call us out, to move forward again and not rest on our laurels, to hold nothing back and to recognise that we don't fight alone. God wants to know today, who are we going to serve? Amen. Now, if that word was for you today and you don't know where you stand with God, but you know that you're not serving him and serving him only. If you don't have that life of peace and you're living and guilt, living with guilt and shame, then God is saying to you today, this moment is yours. Choose today. And if you want to choose for him today, then just follow this simple prayer and we can pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I acknowledge that your death means I am forgiven. I turn from my sins and invite you into my life. Today I declare you are my Lord and Saviour. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And if you've said that prayer today, then my prayer is that you would find a Bible-believing church and find fellowship with other Christians who you can journey with. Amen.